It is a wonderful pleasure to be with you here at Clarksburg Baptist Church. It's still my home church, even though every week I'm in a different church around the northeast area of the West Virginia Baptist Convention, but this church is still home. Wonderful service last week as we celebrated the church's 175th anniversary, and that was just a joy to be a part of. And so today we're continuing to celebrate but we're going to turn a little bit toward Thanksgiving. That's coming up, you know, and the importance of us giving thanks. In a minute, we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning in verse 6. But before we go, let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for today and for all the blessings that you bring to us. We are thankful that we can gather here in this place and worship you, that we can be with our Christian brothers and sisters. And so, Lord, we just pray that as we come here today again to celebrate, may we not forget you, the reason for our celebration, for all your love and faithfulness to us. And we pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen. To Paul, the Thessalonians were a joy to him. In fact, he really wanted to visit them, but for some reason he wasn't able to. So when he just couldn't stand it any longer, he sent Timothy to strengthen and to encourage the Thessalonians. So as we get to chapter 3, beginning in verse 6 of 1 Thessalonians, we read this. Paul writes, but Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. In preparing for today's message, I looked back over some old sermons of Dr. James Preston Wilburn. Dr. Wilburn was pastor here from 1947 until his death in 1956, at the young age of 48. I'm very fortunate that I have some manuscripts of sermons that Dr. Wilburn preached when he was here at Clarksburg Baptist Church. And over the years, they brought me a lot of inspiration as I've read through them. I came across a sermon that Dr. Wilburn preached around the time of the church's 100th anniversary in 1948. And it kind of set me on the path that we're going to take today as we look at this passage. I even used his title. 
And I wondered, well, would, would he mind if I got some ideas from his sermon? And I finally figured that probably he would not, because how often do you get to speak to a church 75 years after you were pastor there? So some of the things you will hear today are from Dr. Wilburn. But anyway, the, the text that we're going to use today is a short one, and it's verse 9 of the passage we read. It says, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? You know, when I think of Clarksburg Baptist Church, this church has certainly been a joy to my heart and to my family for 40 years. You know, when I think back on when we first moved here and I joined the staff at Clarksburg Baptist Church, I, I think back of all the wonderful saints of this church who just lifted us up and loved us and helped us. Many of those people have gone home to be with the Lord, but still when I think back on them and when I see their faces, uh, it brings me a lot of joy. You know, I think of the incredible friendships that we have made over 40 years, friendships that have developed and grown over the years, friendships that were strengthened because we did ministry together and strengthened also because we learned how to laugh and cry together. You know, I think of the indescribable kindness of the people of this church. The last sermon that I preached here uh, as I was transitioning to go to work for the West Virginia Baptist Convention, I, I told those who were here that of all the things that I will remember about this church, maybe the most important thing is that the people here were always kind. Now, did we always agree? No. Did we have our disagreements and, and maybe things didn't always go the way that we wanted them to? Certainly. But I can honestly say, at no point in my ministry here was anyone ever unkind to me or to my family. And those things bring joy to my heart. I, I think back on all the wonderful and worshipful musical experiences we had. I think of the the giftedness and the sound of the chancel choir and the worship band and handbells and one accord and instrumentalists and numerous other groups and individuals. I also think, as Josh mentioned, of the musical dramas that, that we used to put on here. And I think of all of those musical memories. And when I do, those things bring joy to my heart. You know, I think of the ways that um, the church ministered to our children, to Valerie and to Emily and to Jaron. I think about how you taught them about Jesus. And when they came to know him, how you helped them to grow in their faith. You know, I'm, I think of the Sunday school teachers and the children's and youth leaders. I I think of We Care Preschool, and I think of the countless others who through the years not only told them about Jesus, but also modeled Jesus for them in their lives as well. 
And I know that this church still ministers to our adult children and to our grandchildren, and those things bring joy to my heart. You know, I think and still marvel, to be honest, that you called me as your senior pastor in 2006. The, the original pulpit in this sanctuary really wasn't a whole lot bigger than what I'm using today. It was very unassuming, very small. But you know what? The people that stood behind that pulpit before me, oh my goodness, were giants of the faith. And that's why today I, I still marvel that I had an opportunity to follow those individuals, Dr. Wilburn being one of them. And then I think about this, the army of volunteers and the leaders in this church that make ministry happen in this community every single day. And I think about all the many ways that God continues to bless people through your ministry. And that brings joy to my heart. You know, I think about the direction of the church today. I think about the leadership of Pastor Phil and Pastor Josh and Pastor Scott. And I think about the leaders who are here. And I think about just what this church has in store for the next 100 and 75 years. And that brings joy to my heart. So, the question then is, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we have in the presence of our God because of you? And that's a hard question to answer. I do thank you with all my heart, but is it enough? Well, there's some things that we need to look at in this passage before we kind of put all the focus on us. Because certainly we are a part of this, and all of you were a part in bringing joy, and still do, to my heart. But when you read this passage, the provider is always the one who gets the thanks and the glory. You know, as much as Paul was grateful for the Thessalonians, Paul understood that the ultimate thanksgiving was directed to God. And so when I stand before you today, as thankful and as grateful as I am, I have to keep remembering that ultimately the thanksgiving goes to God. Because Paul asks, he's, he starts off verse 9, he says, how can we thank God? In writing to the Philippians, he says something similar. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. But Paul acknowledges certainly that there was joy 
that the Thessalonians brought into his life. And that's great. And I want to acknowledge the joy that you have brought into my life and into the life of my family and the joy that you continue to bring. But the primary focus for thanks and for gratitude for anything and anybody is first and foremost God. You see, everything good that ever happened in the ministry of this church, everything that has ever blessed me and my family, indeed, every blessing that you have ever received, the thanks goes to God. If your children came to know Christ through the ministry of this church, thank them. But the glory and the ultimate thanks goes to God. If God has delivered you from a hurt and a habit and a hang-up, please thank the leadership of Celebrate Recovery. But the thanksgiving goes to God. For the beautiful music and the worship that we have in this place, we thank those who are gifted and who lead us. But the ultimate thanks goes to God. Everything is by his grace. And while we are indeed his instruments, James 1.17 reminds us that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Paul, in relationship to the Thessalonians, he, he took no credit for their faithfulness. Because he realized it was by God's grace and God's power that they had come into the family. And Paul had played certainly an important role in that. But again, Paul recognized that it was God who did the essential work. You see, when I, I look at all of the people who have come into my life over the years, and, and when you look at all the people that have come into your life over the years, thank them. But don't forget that God is the one who brought them into your life in the first place. Don't forget to give God the glory. Dr. Wilburn said in his sermon, It is to God, working in others and in history, to whom we are ultimately indebted. May we not spend all our days without recognizing God as the source of all that is good. Well, there's another thing in this passage. Certainly, it's how can we thank God, but he adds, enough. How can we thank God enough? In the ESV, it says, what thanksgiving can we return to God? Paul's question carries with it the idea of giving back the equivalent. It's the idea of a complete return. But also in his question, he implies that that is not possible. His question, how can I thank God enough, implies that that's not a possibility. He realized that there was no possible repayment 
for what God had done for him and for what God was doing in the lives of the Thessalonians. And today, as we look at this church, we are grateful to God for what he has done through the ministry of this church, but there is no way we can adequately thank him enough. Because here's how I figure it. If the Apostle Paul, all that he had accomplished in his ministry, thought that it was not possible, then I got nothing. (laughs) But maybe I do. So, what was Paul's solution to this seemingly impossible task of, of being able to thank God enough for the joy that he had experienced because of the Thessalonians. He knew that words were not sufficient. And he didn't want this to just be sentimental because I'm going to be honest, when, when I think of things that I am grateful for, my temptation a lot of times is just to get very sentimental, maybe even teary eyed when I think about people and, and things in my life that are special and that bring me joy. And Paul knew very well that that was a possibility for him. So he wanted to express his thanks in a more concrete and a more effective manner. So how does does he do that? Well, verse 10 gives us a hint. It says, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. He was praying that he might see them again, but to what end? To supply what is lacking in their faith. In other words, here's what he would do. He would continue to shepherd the Thessalonians, even if it was from a distance, and attempt to lead them into a fuller relationship and devotion to Christ that he would help them become better members of the body of Christ, the church, and help them to become better witnesses for their faith in the world. In other words, Paul was going to express his gratitude by fulfilling his obligations to serve the Lord. What is an obligation? Obligation, I don't know. It just doesn't sound like a word I particularly care for. It has some connotations that maybe I just don't want to get into. You know, we we don't ever want to be obligated or anything, do we? Well, obligation actually means a, a debt of gratitude. The debt of gratitude, it's not, it's not an obligation. It's not something that we do grudgingly or because we have to. But it's a debt of gratitude. And that's what Paul is talking about here. How is he going to say thanks to God for all that God has done? By fulfilling his obligation, his debt of gratitude. How? By being faithful to his calling, even though... Being faithful to his calling, he knows that it's going to mean imprisonment and death. 
He's going to do it by continuing to do good works that God had prepared for him to do, even though he knows there's going to be a lot of opposition to those good works. And he's going to be opposed in a number of ways. And he's going to do it by discipling others, by helping believers become more mature in their faith. All the while, becoming keenly aware that all of this will never repay that debt of gratitude enough. Dr. Wilburn said, Here, then, is a sensible and practical way for you and me to render our thanks to God. It is more than mere words. It is a thanksgiving which leads us to assume obligations to God by investing our lives in the work of the kingdom. What better way can we find now to give our thanks unto God for all his blessings to us. So what do I do? How can I thank God enough for the joy that we have because of you? In a way that becomes more than just sentimentality. Or, or how do I even thank God enough for the countless joys that I, I just have in my life? For my wife and my children, my grandchildren. For the ways that God has, has blessed me over the years. How, how? It's difficult. Or even to offer before God uh, thanks. Even this week, as I'm going to say a prayer before we eat our Thanksgiving dinner, how in the world can I make it more than just something that's just sentimental, that's just words? Well, I can certainly follow Paul's example. Now, sure, God enjoys a thank you. It's okay to thank God. We sang some songs, and we will continue to sing songs expressing our thanks to God. God doesn't mind hearing us say thank you. But if we really want to show our gratitude, our thanksgiving has to be that which leads us to assume obligations to God by investing in the work of the kingdom. So like Paul, if I really want to say thanks to God, I can do it by being faithful to my calling. I can do it by being faithful to my family. I can do it by being faithful to my friends. I can do it by continuing the work that he's called me to do. By continuing to try to, to build the kingdom with all the might that I have. But all the while, remembering that it's God that gets the glory for it all. So that's how I'll do it. I'll continue to do what he's called me to do. I will continue to try to follow him. I will continue to try to be obedient and give him the glory in the process. And that's how I can give my thanks to God. But will it be enough? 
So what about you? You know, are you grateful for the church and all that they do in your life, in your life, in your family? Are you grateful for the relationships that you have? Are you grateful for your job? Are you grateful for the people that God brings into your life? Are you grateful for the food that you have to eat? Are you grateful that you have a roof over your head and a comfortable bed to sleep in at night? If so, how do you respond? I like what 1 Peter 4 Beginning verse 10 says, Peter writes, As each of you has received a gift. As each of you has received a gift. He doesn't say if you have received a gift. He said as each of you has received a gift. You know, all of us who are believers in Christ have a gift. Some of us have one. Some of us may have five or six. But we all have one. Every believer in Jesus Christ has at least one. And gifts do not come to us as a privilege, but they come to us as a responsibility to use it to serve one another, as Peter writes, as good stewards of God's varied grace. And he says, if anyone speaks or whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. You you can say that all of the gifts that are available to us, that come to us from God, can fit in those two categories, speaking and service. And they are many and they are varied. So that when those who have the gifts that cause them to speak in their service to God, when they do that with the words that God provides and speak God's word and God's truth, and when the people who are called to serve use their gifts of service in its varied manners, with the strength, not of their own, but with the strength that God provides, then God is glorified. If you do that every day, if you follow your calling, if you use your gift, if you glorify God in what you do as you serve others and as you speak truth, God will be glorified. You will be thanking Him. But is it enough? Is it enough for all that God has blessed us with? Dr. Wilburn said, We are all debtors to God. We cannot repay Him in full. But let us render our thanks by assuming our fullest obligations to Him, having in us the impulse to give back to Him and to humanity out of our sense of gratitude, all the pure and lovely gifts of which we are capable. Thus shall our thanksgiving 
be made. It will not be enough. But it will be the best that we can do. And God will accept it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just pray that that we would make a priority of assuming our fullest obligations to you and to have in us the impulse to give back to you and to others out of our sense of gratitude and, and all the pure and lovely gifts of which we're capable. And as we make this Thanksgiving, we realize it will not be enough, but it will be the best that we can do. And we thank you that you will accept it. So, dear Lord, as we come here today and to this time in our worship where we consider our own hearts, there are a lot of questions that we ask ourselves. One question is, do we know you as our Lord and Savior? Have we given our hearts to you? And if the answer to that is yes, then Father, help us to, to examine our hearts. If, if we don't know what our gift is, help, Lord, reveal it to us. Or maybe you've revealed it and we're just not paying attention. But Father, then help us to use that gift in gratitude to serve you and others. And Lord, as we look at our lives and as we consider all that you have blessed us with, Lord, we thank you. And we know you love hearing those words, but Lord, may our true thanks be through service and being faithful and obedient in what you've called us to do, using our gifts for your glory. So for the one who is here today and doesn't know you, we pray that today might be the day that your spirit would move in their hearts, and that you would lead them to maybe come and talk to someone after worship. And Lord, for us who know you, we just pray that as our band leads us, that we will examine our hearts as we lift our voices. We pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen.